Good morning, everyone. I'd like to thank you for the invitation to take part in your service of Harvest Thanksgiving this morning. The relationship between Rope and Billericay Baptist Church goes back many years, but this is the first occasion when I think I've had the opportunity to represent Rope among you. So probably the first thing I should do is introduce myself. My name's Andy Yong, and uh, this is actually my second stint with the charity Rope. The first was um, as its first chief executive, uh, and I work with Michael Wood, our founder, to consolidate all the amazing things that he did in actually setting up the charity. I love the work that Rope does, and so it wasn't difficult to uh, say yes when the Board of Trustees invited me a couple of years ago to take up uh, an interim appointment, which has since, I'm glad to say, become permanent. I feel a bit like um, the Frank Lampard or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who um, have returned to their former clubs to manage them. And um, it's really uh, great to come back and uh, be working with a, a really good team of staff at Rope at the current time. So I'm joining you uh, here from my home in the New Forest. Um, all of the Rope staff currently are working from home uh, due to the situation. But I uh, took some advice from your pastor, Tom, and um, he said that he'd recorded a number of his um, uh, sermons and talks outside. So um, uh, here I am uh, in my garden, and I thought an appropriate backdrop would be, um, would be a fig tree. Um, you can see this, uh, this particular tree, um, it's never produced uh, so much fruit um, in any particular year, so um, harvest-wise um, it looked good, but um, I have to say that um, this is about the size of the uh, actual uh, figs it's producing, and um, regrettably they are rock solid, so, um, so not quite the harvest uh, that we were hoping for. You'll have seen our uh, rope video, uh, the one that uh, is focused particularly on uh, our harvest theme this year, that of having a safety net. This is something I'll elaborate on in my talk, um, together with some things about the theme of harvest, uh, and bringing you some stories and updates of the people who rope is working with, uh, and have benefited from your generous support. But firstly, let's pray. Thank you, merciful Father, for this day and for being able to focus ourselves upon you as Lord of the harvest. You cause the sun to rise on the evil and the good, but you are also the God who clothes the lilies and the grass of the field, and you have promised to take care of us. We know that if an earthly father gives his son bread or fish, how much more will you, our Father in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask. And so, not because we deserve it, but because of your goodness, we ask that you will visit us with your presence today and in our need of forgiveness, of transformation and help with all the issues of life, enable us to always land in your safety net of absolute grace. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
So I think we had the accompaniment of a light aircraft for that prayer, but um, let's try and ignore those things. Um, I've come across a couple of uh, stories recently that make me glad that I'm not in the shoes of the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Shunak. They're not incredibly unique stories, but opened a little window on something we keep hearing about, people falling through the cracks. So let me tell you about Lily. Lily is a single mum to her four children, all of whom have additional needs, including autism. Life was a challenge for Lily even before the coronavirus outbreak. The Department of Education in, uh, introduced a free school meals voucher scheme to help families on low incomes feed their children during the crisis. But Lily says, my children are at different schools which have different systems and then there's always an online queue so it can take over an hour to access the vouchers and that's an hour when my children can't access the, their device to do their online learning. Add to this that the vouchers have to be spent at designated supermarkets and these are either more expensive or harder to travel to than the local Lidl or Iceland which she used to use. It doesn't help, says Lily, that children with autism have a rigidity around food and so they're more likely, there are more likely to be mealtime challenges with food products that they're not familiar with. And shoppers using the vouchers don't get change at the checkout. In this crisis, the problems of low income, disability and unpaid care all create interconnecting barriers that disadvantage vulnerable families like Lily's. I'm thankful that at least some of those like her and her family who are falling through the cracks are being blessed by food banks run by churches throughout the country. Are these a safety net for what is meant to be a safety net? Ironically, safety nets are not working for those we most associate them with circuses. Martin Burton, the founder of Zippo's Circus, told Sky News that his performers have been forced to rely on food banks since lockdown because his company had fallen through the cracks for government funds. And his circus is not eligible for the most recent government grant scheme because it trades from locations other than just the one of its headquarters in Berkshire. He said one full-time staff member had been furloughed, but 20 other performers, including 12 Mongolians, five Kenyans, three Argentinians and two Moroccans, had been left utterly without support due to their specific visas not allowing them to access public funds. So, we have what? Trapeze artists and high wire acts without a safety net. Well, that's actually the situation for the majority of people in the remote and forgotten places in the world where rope works. And also for our partners who implement the programs that we have.
in contrast to here in the UK, where at least there are many state safety nets, even if they do not work as well as they might. In those countries, state aid is not available. And for many of us, if we are really in dire straits, well then there are other family members who may be in a position to help us. Families in the developing world have no savings or assets to fall back on. In short, for them, there are no safety nets. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Don't worry. This is a bold message, and yet it's easier said than done. In my experience, when someone tells me not to worry, I immediately conclude that there is probably something to worry about. There seems to be a good deal to worry about at the moment. Don't worry, Jesus says. Well, surely it's hard not to do so. The world has big problems at the moment and the future is always uncertain. Even as the man building bigger barns was to learn, despite his seeming bounty. But what then really is the point? It has always been natural, humanly speaking, to worry probably for good reason. This is why one of the most frequently repeated in the commands in the Bible is fear not, don't worry. In other words, trust in God's providence, despite everything. This harvest celebration is a prompt to us to thank God and put our trust in him. Well, what does that mean? Well, despite the wider concerns of the world and these especially uncertain times, we should not take our blessings, our privileges, our lifestyles and our safety nets for granted. Acknowledging these things should lead us to be even more grateful to God and open to supporting those who, though in need, are no less precious to God than we are. Let me tell you about a few of them who have been blessed by your generosity and as an encouragement too for you to be generous again in this season. Please make sure you check out how you can give towards your church's harvest offering this year. So I'm going to focus right down to examples from our three Kenyan partners. Firstly, one from Glad's House, who work with children who are homeless and living on the streets of Mombasa. Amidst all the COVID restrictions, Glad's House have been providing practical support, such as hand washing, and, uh, hand washing facilities and meals for them. Very sadly, they report that they are now seeing more women on the streets with their children because the inability to earn means that they've become homeless. This makes them particularly vulnerable as they are not used to the dangers of life on the streets 
and also puts them at risk of coming into conflict with the law. With Rope's support for Glad's House and the team who are providing support to the children as they face incarceration for the only crime of being homeless. Well, your harvest gifts will reach more of these vulnerable children. We've also agreed to divert rope funds from their usual activities to purchase indoor games for the children in the rehabilitation school, to keep them occupied whilst in lockdown within the school. Without this means of keeping them occupied, they will escape and be back on the street, which will cause big setbacks in the positive progress that we can show that they have made. In a very remote part of Western Kenya, you'll find our longtime partner, Dreamland Mission Hospital. We helped establish both their specialist eye and orthopaedic clinic, which have been gradually moving towards being locally funded as patients become able to register with the National Health Insurance Fund. With the threat of COVID-19 spread looming, ROPE was able, through our emergency fund, to quickly contribute to Dreamland's preparations. They were able to double their isolation ward capacity and purchase PPE and oxygen concentrators. As they had these facilities in place to protect staff and patients, from COVID-19, the government allowed them to continue with eye and ortho surgeries. However, the NHIF stopped paying out for surgeries, probably because they're reserving funds to deal with the pandemic. This means that only those surgeries supported by rope can go ahead, leaving many on the waiting list in desperate situations. Your harvest gifts will prevent those patients needing these simple and life-changing surgeries from falling through the cracks. And finally, a story about Eric from the Sunshine Centre in Naivasha, who my colleagues Amos and Debbie recently spoke to on Zoom. Eric's life now, as a student at university and an aspiring entrepreneur, is a far cry from when our partners, Sunshine Centre, met him on the streets in 2005. After his father died, Eric's mother was unable to pay his school fees. Life at home was hard and he headed out onto the streets in search of a better life. But the harsh reality of street life in Naivasha turned out to be purely one of survival. Sunshine Centre gave Eric a stable home and access to school. Under their care, he worked through primary school and secondary education. Now, in his first year, studying a degree in statistics and economics, Eric encountered another setback when COVID-19 struck the world. Government restrictions meant everything closed and Eric was placed in a foster home and continued his learning online. Without the correct equipment, Eric's education would have stopped, but with support from Rope, staff at the Sunshine Centre were able to facilitate 
facilitate Eric's digital learning by providing a laptop and data bundles. Your Harvest Gifts to Rope will provide the educational safety net for the large numbers of young people Rope is supporting while schools and colleges remain closed from them for the foreseeable future. In Matthew 19, uh, in Matthew 9 rather, 35 to 38, we read about how Jesus had compassion on people because they were harassed and helpless. He went about teaching and healing, but his advice to his disciples was, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Who is he directing their attention to? It's the Lord of the harvest. If we are part of God's harvest, then certainly this Lord of the harvest needs to be Lord of that whole area in our lives. In scripture, we can see that the symbolic meaning of harvest encompasses two main areas. God's provision for us and God's blessing for others. While we celebrate harvest uh, and this season just once a year, we experience the spirit of harvest all the time. Each day that we go to a job and earn a salary, we experience harvest. Each time we receive love from our family and those in our lives who mean most to us, we experience harvest. Each time we know the closeness of God, the touch of his spirit in a way that fills us spiritually, we experience harvest. Any time we are filled, we experience harvest. Harvest then isn't something that we share in or do once a year, but something that we should know happening within us on a daily basis. And these daily breads, as we might call them, don't actually belong to us. They belong to God because he is the Lord of the harvest, not us. Our jobs belong to the Lord of the harvest. The money we have belongs to the Lord of the harvest. Our spouses and children and all those we know and love belong to the Lord of the harvest. It's all his. When we put God in his place, his rightful place, we recognise him as Lord of our harvest. We recognise that he is the one who gave us hands to work, that he is the one who supplies our provisions, that our family is actually his family, that it all rightfully belongs to him. At Rope, part of what we call our capacity building work, as part of that, we teach this principle to the communities we work with, to help them free them from a mentality of dependency. Last year, my colleague Amos, who is from Chad, ran a workshop in Uganda with our partner, Youth Action Uganda, for a newly established church community. Uh, this was in an area that was badly affected 
by the insurgency and atrocities of the Lord's Resistance Army. It's good that help and aid flowed into the region following that conflict, but that has led to the expectation that such assistance is to be expected. So the Ties to Thrive scheme, ROPE and Youth Action Uganda are undertaking to help 280 farmers become self-sufficient, nevertheless has suffered because they have found it hard to give their tithe to the programme. They expect to be given something for this, like tarpaulins or bulls for ploughing. Amos was able to help them see the assets available, available to them to be successful in their endeavours and in uh, what they're trying to do to become self-sufficient. And he was able to point to clear examples from his own experiences in Chad. It's quite transformational when a family or community realises the assets that they do have, rather than the ones that they don't, and that they look to the Lord for creativity and wisdom in the ways to use them. Finally, when we recognise the Lord of the harvest for who he is in our lives, we also embrace the fact that while in part our harvest is something he gives to meet our needs, it's also something he wants us to use to bless others. All those wonderful things in our lives that we'll give thanks for next month, those things exist in large part to be a blessing to the world around us. And a final thought about God and safety nets. A safety net is something we can see. We hope it won't fail but we cannot totally trust it. Like the Lady Lisa I mentioned at the start. But we trust in God, a refuge and a strength we cannot see, and that's called faith. And I hope that yours, like mine, is in God as a faithful and loving refuge that we can trust with total certainty. That's both in this harvest time and in the coming days and months and years. Thank you.